uh, at that point, I was pretty ill. And my dad had to take me to the toilet and left my brother on his own, who was oh, eight. <laughs> Watching an alien so, die. So I was heaving my guts up, basically. Came, we both oh, came back in to find my right. brother just absolutely like, why? Why to the corpse? Yeah. Tears streaming down his face. Absolutely emotionally scarred him for life. Yeah. Okay, good evening, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Got a little bit of an intro for you today. Just uh, here we go. Let's see if this works. All right. I don't know if that works. Can you hear? Can you hear that? We can. Yes, the vocoder. Yeah. <laughs> a bit dumbfounded. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was a fun time of year, wasn't it? It was. So, you did. You did sound convincingly Cylon. Thank you. And look, just for our audiences, yes. um, audience members who are like um, audibly impaired and <laughs> didn't quite pick up on that, what were you saying, Ed? I was saying 1982. Right. I, uh, I was just messing around with the keyboard. Beautiful. You remember that one, guys? It's two, two years too early for that one. Oh, is it two years? Oh, <laughs> oh Martin. Foil sport, Martin. Oh, I know, I know. So good evening. Strictly man. for the rules. Got to have the rules, you see. Got to have the rules, man. That's right. So how do you? How are you doing, boys? We all well? Um, We've got COVID in the house. Yes. Oh, got, no. Uh, yeah, we've got COVID in the house. It's arrived. Um, so that's joyful. Uh, so we're all isolating for seven days. So looking forward to this session. Yeah, good. That's all right. Good. Like you're keeping up. You got have you got supplies. You need. Yeah, supplies? man. We're all, we're all good. We're all good. You need stuff. Sauerkraut. No, we're all good. good. No, sauerkraut. Uh, no sauerkraut. But I do like sauerkraut. Well, I can't say sauerkraut as well. Martin, are you well? Ah, uh, yeah. As as they say over here, my box of fluffies right now. Yeah, all good. Oh, that's good. David, um, Mr. Chan. Oh, mate, couldn't be happier. Um, it's been a good day uh, yes. and looking forward to the show tonight. That's all I It's going to be awesome. It's going to yeah. be awesome, isn't it? I've, um, yeah, I've, been, I've prepared a bit of an intro. And uh, for those that are tuning into the podcast, a little shout out for my mate Troy and his boy that are listening. And uh, if you're joining us on the podcast, I just wanted to say uh, thank you on behalf of us uh, five fellas. And um, yeah, tonight is about 1982. So I, pre I prepared a little bit of an introduction, but um, which I've written down. But I mean, I've got to be, I'm not, I might just skip most of it because, um, you know, I'm just, 1982, I'm amped. I mean, yes. it's... You were I'm amped. Six. Were you six or six? Yes, mate. It, it's six. actually 40 years ago. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, I'm, I'm, years. I'm psyched for this. I'm psyched for this as oh. well. Isn't totally it? Sight. And I was reading up some of our wonderful listeners who have written in. Thank oh, you yeah. for writing in on the Facebook. And they suggested that there weren't that many great albums of that year. To yeah. which I say, humbug to you. What do they know? I agree. We know. <laughs> I know, but thank you, but thank you for listening. Who, but I who disagree. Do they, with they them. Are. Oh well, obviously Literally. more knowledgeable than us. 
no, no, there was a good post from a uh, from Glenn Chadwick, mm-hmm. Shout out yeah. to Glenn, who said that 1982 could possibly be the tipping point where movies, where there are more good movies than good albums, basically. I, I disagree. Oh, yeah. But then again, I'm a music kind of nut, aren't I? So. Depends, depends who you are. But, I mean, okay, I've got a quick fire question for you guys in for 1982. Mm-hmm. So if you're, I guess we're all about the same sort of age, six or seven years old. So um, best memory from 1982 that springs to mind Mine would be playing marbles at school in the gutter. David, go. Uh, six, seven years old, probably burying Star Wars figures in my backyard unknowingly. Oh, nice. Um, I mean, there's an absolute gold mine there. If someone wants to dig that yeah. up, they'll probably be What's able to address? retire. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Glenn, I think you might have been part of that, those shenanigans. Kirsten, quick fire, mm-hmm. 1982. First memory, man. Strongest memory. Um, just being a kid and everything was awesome. And also going to the movies with my grandma. Oh, and nice. Having, and, and actually staying away from mum and dad for a period of time. Yeah, so that's always Pretty cool. special, eh? Are Stuck they listening? Around mum. Are yeah. they listening? Possibly. <laughs> Martin, first memories, bro. Yeah. Mine's movie related too. But I'm going to save it because it actually ties into one of the movies that we're going to talk about tonight. Mm. So I will will reveal all at that point. So you've got that nostalgic. Okay, I think we've all got a little bit of that with 1982, don't we? Massive. The research is, yeah, it's been wonderful. It was fun checking it out. As well, it was the point where we kind of started to become very conscious of of movies and and tv probably and also oh. music to it to a degree I, martin, I, martin, yeah, I, martin i totally agree with you i think that's exactly on the money and looking back on it yeah that's exactly it there were these experiences that were occurring that were fabulous well, there was a lot like, stuff. I, i've still Let got one of the ta- i've still got one of the tapes from 1982 hit zone 82 or something it's called You're and, in the garden no, no, it's in my record collection. Still got it, man. Fantastic. And 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 it was the first like I talked to mum and dad about it. Like they had a tape deck in one of the fans or the cars or something like that. And I just mm. remember going on road trips and I became more aware of listening to music. Yeah. And I made a playlist of 80s songs, particularly between 1980 and 1985, because I reckon that's the best of the 80s. Really, I really do. And I just got really nostalgic listening to those Early songs. 80s. That's so oh, freaking good. Good. Early well, the eight, let's let's elaborate. So the eighties. Here we go. Uh, just looking at my little notes here. It was uh, what have I got here? It was a time of shoulder pads. Robert Muldoon. Yeah. Split uh, ends. Um, you could expect to earn about twenty four grand a year in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diet Coke and Pepsi Free appear on our shelves. Yeah. Only one of them uh, is still around. Only one of them is still around, right? Yeah, it's Pepsi Freeze, not a thing, is it? I don't drink that sort no, of stuff. No. It's it's not particularly good for you. Uh, for those younger younger listeners, you know, don't drink that. Just stick to beer and whiskey. And you can tune into stuff like a Dallas, Mash, Magnum PI. We had trendy foods like sun dried tomatoes, and kiwi fruit was a trend. Did you know that? Uh. In 1982, yeah. it was a yeah, trend. Yeah, 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 no, yes, it was. Yeah, New Can Zealand. kiwi fruit be a trend? 
Yeah, New um, Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand diversified at what we were making, and kiwi fruit was at the forefront of that. Was to try and get yeah. us away from the dependence on the sheep. Yeah, well, so was it? Was it kind of like kiwi fruit on toast? Then is it kind of like the smashed out arvo thing now? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys. Best kiwi fruit recipes. No, just joking. Uh, we had massive albums. So many huge albums and reviewing this you guys would have all done what i did man there's just so many chattering what you're on about and uh i mean th- thriller is just the, obviously that's the main right i mean it was humongous it, it was um, but probably the years that followed afterwards not so much because mm, it came out near the end of 82 82 that's um, right. and the it was certainly you know Michael Do you guys Jackson. remember staying up to watch the watch the the video that was on tv the thriller one yeah the long late. the long the long-form yeah. video. Yeah, I mean, that was huge. So this was a days of uh, Goodnight Kiwi. You remember that? Yeah, TV? of course. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, Martin. Yeah. Martin, mind. And it had a really lovely, sad synth piece of music. It was lovely. Exactly. A bit scary as a as a young fella. I found, and my sister Rachel, um, she was quite a bit younger. She absolutely it put her into tears. Right, she hated that goodnight oh. kiwi. Oh, we used really? to love putting it on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so. Is she listening to this show, David? Probably no. not. <laughs> so I, 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 I used to see it as a badge of honor that I got to stay up so late that I got to see goodnight kiwi. It was, it, it, was, was a, it was a badge of honour, man. Yeah, it was a milestone, right? So, so what time was it on? Was it like oh, yeah, it was half, half past nine? Half past nine. Half past nine? <laughs> no, it was, what are you on about? Like, <laughs> He-Man, <laughs> He-Man <laughs> Comics. <laughs> He-Man Comics came out. Yeah. Remember He-Man? Well, I have the power and that sort skull. of stuff. Mm. Grayscale. So I thought we'd start tonight, guys. Uh, how long have we got each to sort of to, to yell? About 30 seconds now. Right, 30 seconds. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next show. <laughs> what year is that? How, how long have we got to talk? Roughly. Oh, between roughly. five and ten. Right, I'm going to start the timer because you guys are like a bunch of old men and just talk about all sorts of random between stuff. So we're going to start with some movie reviews to start with, all right? So um, what I'd like to say before we do this is um, grab your sparkles. Kick off your Air Jordans, get your dinky diary. <laughs> you remember all that stuff? Dinky diary. <laughs> the, Jordan thing was a bit, the Jordan thing was a bit later, but I certainly remember the sparkles. Oh, 82 was Air Jordans, bro. No way. Yes, way. I've done my research and enjoy the yeah, ride. So what I do is I'm going to start a little bit different format to, to what we've done. So I've actually picked who's going to go, all right? So well, I think we'll start with 
Mr. David Chan, all the way from Wellington. All oh, right. All oh, right, David Chan. I'm not Get quite it, as posh as you, Ian, so I'll try and do my best, though. So I, awesome, had, um, I had The Man from Snowy River. In fact, both my choices for album and for movie, I didn't really know too well. So Man from Snowy River is an Aussie film. Um, uh, that came out, obviously, in 82, and it's about a young cowboy uh, played by Tom Berlinson, who inherits his father's ranch in a rugged, rugged snowy country, uh, set in New South Wales, I believe, but actually filmed in Victoria, interestingly. Yeah, um, uh, yeah it's, it's an interesting one because, I, so, you know, the it really has dated. I mean, the music and the score has dated quite badly. Um, it's pretty slow. Uh, it was probably pretty slow back then, and it's uh, it's agonizing to watch some scenes now. But but at the same time, it's charming, and it is it does. I mean, it's got epic kind of cinematography because it is shot in uh, you know the up, the Aussie outback up in the up in the mountains or the hills. Um, and have you boys seen this? I don't think so. No, it's probably not one. If you if you're not from this part, of, you know when when it came out in '82, I think it did yeah. well for an Aussie film, gross yeah. 50 yeah. million, but it wasn't a big, 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 big super hit. You know, I remember I remember it because my mum mm. was a fan, and oh, yeah. I think she even had some of the books. She got some of the books out of the library, and so hey, it was this. Oh. It was it was this big thing, yeah. And, and Australian yeah. films was on the rise at that time, eh? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Was it I mean, was it, it bro- was it broke back sort of avenue? No, or no, no. It was a, it was a weepy love movie, wasn't it? Oh, it, weepy lovey. It was. Oh. If you're into horses and um, romance, horses and romance, but not not, not together, not That's together. A date. <laughs> it was a, it was Two a dangerous was a, things. <laughs> yeah. It was a date movie, wasn't it? It was a date movie, wasn't it? It was a date movie. Absolutely, it was a date. It was probably a, a first date movie, and oh, you'd, nice. get a second date. you'd get a second date, yeah. I think. Aww. How much did it make, David? Um, well, this one grossed fifty million. Um, doesn't sound okay. like a lot, but back then it, it was. That's and pretty big for yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it would have cost much much to shoot. Although they did have interestingly, they had Kirk Douglas, mm-hmm. um, who played two parts. He played um, the. Uh, the love interest of the cowboy, so uh, well, that was played by Sigrid Thornton. So her, fa- her father, the character of her father, Harrison, in the movie, but he also played, get this, Harrison's brother in the movie. So he had two roles, right? And I don't, I don't know why they did that. Um, maybe it was to save money. I'm not quite sure. But um, uh, multi, yeah. multi-talented. Well, he was huge back then. So you might remember the movie Wall Street. Came yes, out in the 80s. and Kirk Douglas, yes. and that kind of, and then he had yeah. romance. Was it romance in the stone? Was he in that? Or no, that was I, think that. Get, I think you're that getting was, confused with Michael, Michael Douglas. Michael's dad. Sorry, that was his dad. Kirk, Kirk was his dad, eh? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that was no, Mike was his uncle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Kirk was Douglas's movie. And um, yeah, look, it was it was a good fun movie. Good fun watch. I, I ended up watching the second one. So the second one, Man from Snowy River two. Oh. Came out in '88. Um, Not no. quite the biggest hit. You went for the <laughs> no, sequel. Wasn't as good. Wasn't as good. No. And then they stopped. Yeah, then they stopped. It was the end of it. So, uh, yeah. definitely recommend if you're into a bit of a, um, you know, a bit of a, a tear. Really a tearjerker. It's more of a just a romance with. 
amazing um, cinematography and the, the horses like um, just the horse riding if you're into that sort of thing and these guys apparently the, the lead actor Tom Burleson didn't know how to even sort of get on a horse let alone ride one and by the time he was filming he was quite you know quite accomplished so. there you go yeah, so go. out out of five, where we we're looking at, Dave? Oh, probably a three. Just Ooh. makes a pass, I'd say. Just just pass yeah. a three. Okay then, bro. Well, that's very good. Yeah, thanks for that. So you guys now I expect you all go and watch that, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're all shaking their head. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you like yeah. choices, Dave. You're cool, but man, nah. <laughs> So uh, moving on now, we're going to go to uh, my old mate, Glenn Thurston, who's also in Tawa. Tawa? Thank you, you Ian. Oh, there thank, you are. Thank, thank you very much for that really nice welcome. You're, you're welcome, mate. What movie mm. did you choose for us, man? I chose E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Oh, now, the, Okay. Now, the reason why I chose it links back to what I mentioned about 82. I got uh-huh. to go and stay in Johnsonville with my grandma and grandma took me to see the E.T. movie when I was six. And every photo that you see of me over probably post that time and probably the summer of 82, 83, I'm wearing a freaking E.T. T-shirt. It's freaking oh, everywhere. Yeah. I just got this yeah. T-shirt. And I remember having some of the minor merchandise, not a lot, but um, uh, re- and it was just that act of kind of like being, oh, I get to go to the movies. I get to go to the big city, um, all that cool stuff. And I'm away from mum and dad for a whole whatever it was. It may have been only two nights, who knows. Yeah. But it was um, just that that feeling of, oh, that's pretty cool. And we've got to see this massive movie. It's Mm. kind of the first one that I remember. And I remember being quite scared at times watching it. Um, And, you know, there's actually quite a bit of scary crap in it because I watched it the other other night. Yeah. Um, But what is really cool about it is so much of it is told through um, basically just the vision more than actually dialogue or anything like that. You don't see a hell of a lot, um, but it creates this this sort of feeling and stuff like that. Plus it's got kids on BMX, kids saving the day. It's, oh. um, it's really quite yeah. – I, I do love that sort of thing, and I've got a soft spot for those type of movies. Well, it's got some pretty horrific scenes around, you know, kids watching E.T. get his, like, chest – clear and black yeah. and the kids are just standing there and you're like what is wrong with these parents did you guys get upset when you watched et uh, when i was little this is where my story from from my memory of, of 1982 comes in really so yeah right i wasn't very well i had whooping cough oh, um, oh, but my um yeah. my dad took me and my brother to see it and literally like five minutes before the point where et I, I guess it's not a spoiler 40 years later, but E.T. dies, right? Mm. <laughs> and um, uh, at that point, I was pretty ill, and my dad had to take me to the toilet and left my brother on his own, who was oh, eight. 
Yeah. Watching an alien. So, uh, I was heaving my guts up, basically. Kate, we both oh, came back in to find my bro. brother just absolutely like, why? Yeah. Why to the Nietzsche's corpse? Yeah. She is streaming down his face. I absolutely emotionally scarred him for life. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> You're oh, like, man, what's no, going I'm on? Sorry, in the basket I'm still saying 40 years later, that's... I'm sorry, okay? Is your... Is your brother oh. listening to this, Martin? He will be. Yeah, I'm sure okay. he will be. Yeah. I, I also have another ET story as well, and that relates to David when he turned 13. Um, <laughs> now, we were a oh, bunch of go. David's mates got invited around to have, you know, 13th birthday chips and watch a film and stuff like that. And we, we've talked before that David was really big into karate, Kempo karate and stuff like that. So he had this mm. film um, and Bruce Lee was already David's hero. Um, and he had this movie called Last Days of Bruce Lee or something like that. And we all went, yeah, we're going to watch a really cool kung fu movie. It wasn't a kung fu movie. While, while David's mum was in the kitchen getting a whole bunch of food, oh. he basically came home basically had a shower stripped off and then had a lovemaking session with Mrs. Lee and, wow. and then he died. And, oh and it was God. like, what the hell? All us 13 year old boys are like, whoa, oh. boobs, lots yeah. of boobs in action. And then like, and then she was like on a mission to save his memory or something like this. Who knows what the hell it was we were watching. Yeah. And, anyway, and, and, then, and then she got involved with another love affair or something like that to clear his name. And then Mr. Wow. David's mum walked in and went, what the hell is this? And all us guys are like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thing. Sorry, Mrs. Chan, it's nothing. Um, she, she was like, what the hell? <laughs> so we, we, we all had to go to the video shop and take it back. And we had to get out of movie. None of us could work out what to get. And ET had been just released on video and we got it out. And just remembering the four of us or five of us just being epically disappointed at watching oh. ET after what we just seen. ET was like that. There was boobs in So the if one. you would like to watch a, uh, a fairly raunchy sort of karate movie, what was it called again? I have no idea. I think it was last Bruce Lee's, Bruce Lee. Bruce, the last, the last oh. moves of Bruce Lee. Oh. Bruce Lee's last me. touch. Oh. You know. yeah. Perfect for yeah. a wedding. Well, you want to comment on this? Oh, thank, it was thanks, just so Lynn. funny. It's been amazing, mate. You're awesome. And yeah. uh, no comment. <laughs> it was hey, just um, one of the funniest memories ever. Anyway. No, that's good, know. mate. And again, oh. for our younger for our younger listeners, you know, I'll apologise <laughs> on behalf of this. <laughs> I did Who's not just... swear at all. No, no, no. That's all right, mate. Very but you should probably go and watch that. Actually, it's, it's a good induction. Then hey, Martin, moving what, on with Martin. Oh, right. Okay. No, no, the Bruce Lee one. And oh, followed right, by yeah. ET. Yeah. Oh, right. No, don't do that. Other way round. Oh, so Martin, <laughs> our dear friend Martin is going to now give us his... Uh, his movie review. What have you chosen, Martin? So, for the year 1982, I have chosen Tron. Yeah. The movie. Which is a the Disney movie. movie. Tron, so, right? um, for those that have seen it, um, I don't think you'd ever kind of forget it because there's nothing else quite like it, really. Mm. Um, and Great the reason, movie. The reason for it was the production of it was done in such a way that it was just just at that point where computers were starting to kind of 
become, I wouldn't say like more available, but we're starting to be used more by companies and, and graphics and, and things like um, commercials for TV. We're starting to mm. use a little bit of computer graphics, but no one had ever done a full-length movie with it. Hadn't been done. Didn't know how. Um, and uh, the director, um, I forget his name now, Stephen something, uh, Stephen Lisberger, um, <laughs> who was an, an, an animator, had um, right. basically been doing um, literally cartoon animated films and, and did one called Animal Olympics, which was like in the late 70s. And yeah. from the money that he made from that, it actually funded the, the storyboarding of Tron, um, which was an idea that he'd had. Um, the, the work that they did on the movie, um, it, it's quite, in, it, there's a brilliant, brilliant doc, documentary that's on YouTube you can watch, The Making of Tron. It's about an hour and a half long, but it's well worth it. And one thing I never realized about the film is it's actually shot in black and white. The whole movie was shot black and white and then colorized with like an additional cell over the top of it, or, or in many cases, multiple cells of film going over the top of it and backlit in order to create those kind of real glowy neon kind of effects. And then the, the computer graphics were kind of superimposed in as well. But you know, this to give it, put it in perspective, the, there's a the famous scene, one of the famous scenes in the film is these motorbikes, what they call light cycles, which yeah. basically can, can turn a corner at a right angle and, and there's yeah. like a real, that's like one of the action scenes of the film is this chase on these motorbikes. The computers that they used to do that, one of the computers, the memory on the computer was two megabytes. Wow. And they had 32 megabytes of storage. Yeah. Incredible to huh? film that. So, isn't that amazing? You know, we, we take it for granted now that when Tesla animation for these things, they're done, you know, in computer. These weren't, mm. they were literally hand drawing or, or mapping each frame of film and then scanning it to film and then doing the next one. So, you know, 26 frames per second yeah, they, <laughs> added up. Would have kept someone busy. And, um, yeah. Yeah, so the, the team that they used to, to create it um, basically expanded quadru or quadrupled. They literally had to bring in four separate computer companies to actually be able to actually put it together. Um, and um, yeah, it, it's just it's just a stunning film to watch, even now. You know, I, I was really mm. lucky the other day. I saw, um, I think that they remastered it a few years ago. Yeah, it did. So pristine. It was so good. Mm. The, the you guys see the new one? Do you, you guys all familiar with the new yeah. one? The yeah, the remake of the new one. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's again, like visually, there's, there's nothing like it still, mm. even now. And Whenever so somebody it, says it, it, remake or remastered, I've always think, oh god. But actually, Tron is fantastic. Yeah, and the original is fantastic, right? It's, it's a story. Does it still stick up, Martin? It's 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 hard sometimes to follow it, and that was its downfall really, mm. is the audiences didn't, they were really into like the, the visual, but story-wise it didn't quite stack up. It was very hard to follow in the middle, it got quite confusing, mm. it's leaping back and forth between the real world and the CG mm. world. It's just ahead of its time really. Nowadays, I think people would yeah. follow it a lot better. And if it was released like, mm. you know, in 1992 as opposed to 1982, 
probably mm. probably would have done like you know half a billion dollars or something. But yeah, just, yeah. But uh, it was just a bit ahead of its time, you know. I remember the ice blocks, <laughs> um, and you could get these like ice blocks that were neon. Oh, yeah. It was all neon, neon. Eighties were neon, Absolutely. and these ice blocks, Tron ice blocks. Yeah, and they had all these oh, yes. neon colours. Probably so the reason it's the, the, it's the main memory I have of Tron when I was a kid. Well, interestingly enough, the, the big reason Disney got behind it was the merchandise. They thought that they were onto an absolute killing with it. They thought wow. computers, all these kids in the arcades and stuff, we're going to make $400 million just off the merchandise. Fact was, they didn't. <laughs> Amazing, the, movie made, right? the movie made 17 in, in the US and 50 million, I think, worldwide. Um, but the merch ended up making 70 million. And even though that was successful when they made the money back, I think the movie cost like 17 million to make. Um, yeah, they had a lot yeah. of money at that time. Yeah, um, it was a huge amount. They still considered it a failure. They considered it yeah. a, a bomb. But in fact, and you know, yeah. they've actually done well, bad money for Disney. Disney at that it's point as well movie. were making terrible movies. You know, this was in the cold? Herbie Goes Bananas kind of phase of Disney where they couldn't oh, make a hit movie because it was too old fashioned for the kids. And yeah. too young for the parents, you know. So they were in a, a real bad place at that point, Disney. They weren't the powerhouse that we think of nowadays. Mm. And yet they made such a classic, you know. It's, it's a classic yeah. movie, right? Mm. It's a go-to every time, man. Oh, what do I want to watch? Ah, I've seen all this, that, and the other. Tron. It's a go-to, man. It's like Star Wars, right? Totally. Yeah. I did find out there's a really cool Easter egg. There's easy. actually <laughs> one scene with a Pac-Man in it. Including oh, the sound scene with a pack. Oh. <laughs> but it is well hidden. But it is in there. There is a pack round. It is, yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> Has anybody got the mobile phone on them? Oh, with Pac-Man uh, or Tron? <laughs> yes, you, somebody send me a somebody send me a message. Yeah. Him a, I've got so, it. I've got it. Send, yeah. Send me a message, bro. And uh whilst I'm just just gonna rip through. Thank you, Martin, for that. You're welcome. Uh, I'll, I'll rip through my movie here and uh, at some point. You'll hear something very interesting. So um, I chose Tootsie was my movie from 1982. Oh, Tootsie. Classic. Yeah. That's a good message. That's my ringtone. That's your ringtone? Oh, yeah. That's my ringtone. Yeah. That's cool, isn't it? Tootsie was awesome. I remember watching it much, 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 much later, and it was a good film. And was it still second? It is a great movie. It's uh, I chose it because it was the first. Um, it was the first time I got confused about a man dressed as a woman, and I was like, because mm. well, I was young, right? And I was like, what is, I think I was. This? It was for me as well. Ian. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. nowadays, man, just you know, just whatever, right? Do you know what pronoun you are? <laughs> I do now, but I was embarrassed to ask once, what's a pronoun? Yeah. I felt very, like, not really very good with grammar. Well, that, I mean, I feel like that most of the time. But this um, this movie, and uh, every now and then I have to give myself a little whatever. So there's, um, just to check. So this movie, who's, who's in it? Dustin Hoffman, yep. uh, Sidney Pollack, he's a director. He's also the director as, as well as the, an actor in it. Um, Jessica Lang. Bill Murray. Bill Murray's in it. He's uh, the flatmate, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot he was in it until, yeah. until I went it's back to it. It's only because I saw it a few years back, and, and yeah. that's the first time I kind of 
to, yeah. to put it together that actually realized it was Bill Murray. Yeah. It's 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 good to it is a good one to kind of watch. I find those it's a rom com, right? So rom com alert, man. It's like um, I find those a little bit hard to go back to sometimes, but um, it's it's not bad. I got through it. I skipped a bit of it, but you know you do. Um, I just, <laughs> I always fast forward a bit of it. So uh, anyway, it was the second most. No, I have a great attention span. Moving on. Uh, The second most, (laughs) it was the second most profitable film in 82. Did you know that? No. What was the first? Was it it Rocky Returns? Rocky Returns. Oh, I don't know. Isn't there a Rocky film? Good good guess, Martin. E.T. E.T. Martin's a man. You guys don't know anything. Martin. Because it made a gazillion gazillion dollars off a T-shirt. Scaring the bejeebas out of seven and (laughs) eight-year-olds. And and this movie, just to give you an idea how much it made, I don't know about E.T., but this one grossed $177 That's just in the U.S. and Canada. Nineteen million in Germany. Well. Yeah, I know that's right. I mean, huge, right? Uh, so the plot is the guy's a rundown actor. If you've never seen it, he's a rundown actor. Um, he's desperate for work, so he impersonates a lady. Uh, it then becomes a sensation throughout the whole uh, nation, you know. And then, yeah, watch it and see what happens. But uh, the role is actually offered to Peter Sellers. And Michael oh, Caine. Oh, really? Instead of Dustin Hoffman. Dustin, Dustin Hoffman. I like his acting in this one. Same. I, I thought it was a cool film when I watched it but mm. a long time ago. I was just like, oh, yeah. He's a good actor, eh? I'm just trying yeah, to get the is, image of yeah. Michael Caine in drag out of my head now. Yeah. <laughs> so see that? I know. That would, he, and it would be that's, weird. Michael Caine. Like, it would come out really weird and Michael Caine-ish. Ah, that, but that would be like Sylvester Stallone, or maybe that's not the best example. But maybe this meant like Bill Murray being James Bond. Yeah, it's just it's uh, not happening, is it? Could be pretty. But, um, I'd watch that. Yeah, I would too. Oh, would you? <laughs> I'll watch it if it would Bill Murray in it. Oh, me, this you got issues. Yeah. Even <laughs> a Bruce Lee movie, you know. <laughs> yeah, David's into I, animals. I can and, recommend uh, one. What else is it? <laughs> It's not David's fault. None of us knew what that was. We didn't have the internet then to work out what it was. It just no, seemed like a real cut for movie. Sticker Bruce with Lee 18 on it, that red 18 sticker. We had no idea. Yeah, we had no idea. The lady that That's served great. you should have had an idea. <laughs> she should have said, boys, it's a little bit. Things were a little bit yeah. different back then. Right? Oh, that was 1990-something when he oh. was 13. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. the video? Oh, no, still you got <laughs> let's, let's, let's focus, focus, guys. Yeah. Okay. So I think so. We're done for the we're done for the movies. So um, thanks, Dave, for dragging us back there. And uh, it's going to turn into a smutty, dirty show, isn't it? If we... No, no. I, <laughs> look, this, it, it's about for me a lot of these things when we talk about movies or film or, or albums for that matter. Yeah. A lot of it comes back to um, particularly memories and mm. the memories that they trigger um and that's really sort of quite powerful um memories. and you know it's not, it's not i know barbara streisand barbara streisand was massive in 82 and did your parents well now that we've got keyboards about i can see keyboards did yeah. your parents like richard platerman 
Oh, oh God, yes. Ballad Poor Adeline was just like the song, right? It was everywhere. What, like, what, what was, look, that is something I actually I would love to know if, for older listeners who are out here. What was the appeal of Richard Clayderman's soft pop type piano It was piano safe, thing? right? It was just safe, yeah. harmless. I mean, there was a lot of tap. Let's let's be honest, right? There was uh, there was some really cool stuff in '82 and that era, but there was some really bad stuff. Like uh, as one of our our listeners, Vanessa, pointed out, the number one single at Christmas was uh, "Save Your Love" by Rene and Renata. Which I went and it, had a look at the YouTube of that, God, and it was horrific. It's oh, the God. worst. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I didn't want to say anything. Sorry, <laughs> don't go there. Yeah. But you know, yeah. Richard Clayderman. Richard Clayderman was huge. I know. I looked. I got his Christmas album. For those that don't know, for those that don't know, Martin is a is a uh, keyboard wizard. So he's talking. I suppose you're talking from like a keyboard piano kind of point of view, because we're not pian. We're not. We're not penis. Pian. Penis. Pianist. <laughs> what? Pianist. You know, we don't play the piano, man. I'm right. a guitarist. <laughs> That was a joke, but I'm a guitarist. Yes, yeah, I got David, it. Yeah. David and Glenn are guitarists as well. You like realize kind of. Martin edits the study. I, I tried to tell, but I couldn't find the black notes. Anyway, so I'm curious to know why why was it so popular? It's so popular. Maybe they can write. Maybe they can write in the It's like, why was Crazy Frog populated? It just caught the zeitgeist at that point in time. And it was absolutely massive. Yeah. And again, like, you know, thank God people didn't have mobile phones in 82 because that would have been like the ringtone of choice probably for the year. Oh. Okay. So here's the thing. For the you know, listeners, <laughs> for, for the listeners in our if you're if you if you want to stick something on the on the uh what are we putting this on Facebook or Spotify uh, Facebook for the comments Facebook. right Facebook yeah so if you want to write on the Facebook maybe uh what you honestly think of Richard Clayder Clayderman I don't even know who that is I don't even know it's a French why haven't I heard of that I'm surprised David knew about it immediately, and he was scared oh, yeah. too. <laughs> right, so uh, what are we doing here? We're crossing over to we're crossing yeah, over yeah. to or onto the dark side. Oh, Ian, we thought you ducked out to the video shop. <laughs> I have just gone and got myself a dodgy kung fu movie. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Hey, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for joining us this evening. It's uh, we're in the we're in the year of 1982. And we've just done the movie review there. We're gonna we're gonna rip over some album reviews shortly. So if you just tuned in, it's um it, it's a year that kind of conjures uh names like Commodore 64 was 82. Remember that one, boys? Yes, um, one of those. Dave, will you have you're a computer guy, weren't you, Dave? Yeah. Uh Sony Sony Walkman came out. Other great names like Rocky, Playboy, those kind of things, you know, dodging around looking for those. Uh, what else do we have? We had some teen terminology. You guys must have, your dad must have had one of them. What? What? <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? Oh, Rocky and Playboy. <laughs> yeah. No. Was, I was oh, six, dude. I was a little kid. I don't know what yeah. those were. Yeah. Oh, man. I was Moving right along, Ian. Your dad, was, your dad was messed up, man. 
Nah, it wasn't. It was. I think it was at your place. Not no. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> it was great. Was six, 80s... you, weren't even, you weren't even around when I was six. You yeah, were living somewhere else, man. I uh, yeah, I know. But it was it was the eighties. Was that time? You know, was there was it? a little bit. Of, there was a little bit of grunge in there. Um, we had teen terminology. I'm just saying it as it is. We had uh, terminology like as if. Remember that? Oh, Nowy. That was a big word. Whatever. That was a big one. I had a T-shirt with whatever written on it. Whatever. Uh, what else did we have? We had the uh, introduction of the Smurfs. Oh, yes. That was compulsory viewing after school. Compulsory viewing. Strawberry shortcake. Oh, remember that? Well, not really. I remember the oh, ads on the yellow, but I didn't, have a sis- I didn't have sisters, so no. BMX bikes came out. Yeah, oh, yeah. BMX rocks, eh? BMX bikes. Because BMX full stop, they're so cool. Watching ET, just, that's still cool, man. Yeah. I'm just really glad I was an 80s kid, you know? Aren't you guys just glad? It was good times, man. Yeah, everything good. seemed good, you know? A BMX bike and a K bar, and that was us for the day. Oh, and, and you're still at that age where you're getting that uh, little bit of independence. You think your parents are still really good and bulletproof, eh? Yeah. Um, you don't know that they're just making it up as they go along. And that yeah, sounds right. And now, as adults, it seems like the perfect thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to do it. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, but, but yeah, I, I agree. There's a lot of happy times. Right. Well, I think you're right, totally, Glenn. So uh, what we're going to do is do the album reviews now. So we're going to do it uh, in reverse, I think. So um, we'll start with Martin this time round. So what do you got for us, Martin, on your album? Okay, so for album, I'm, I'm doing a first for the podcast here. My album's a live album. Mm, nice. I have a live album, yeah. So it's, And album. it's a double live album. Uh, nice. So I have gone for uh, The Concerts in China by Jean-Michel Jarre. who know him um, we'll, we'll get it straight away those that don't well he basically is probably m- the most responsible human being for electronic music ever um, mm. you know he pioneered it he was doing stuff that no one had ever thought of I mean his first album Oxygen well his first kind of commercial album Oxygen came out in 76 77 um, and yeah, it's it's completely synth based, and and no one had kind of done that to that point. You know, it's instrumental. All his music is, or the majority of his music is instrumental. Um, he also kind when of you s- when you say pioneer, right? I mean, you're talking like this guy makes his own sounds. Absolutely, he makes pioneers. There is <laughs> nothing. Yeah, he's yeah. he's created everything, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, in fact, on, on this album, um, he uses an instrument for the first time uh, on stage called a laser harp, um, which kind of became one of his signature things, which is literally mm. 
eight, I think it's 12 beams of laser light shooting up into the air within like a frame. And he has to wear actually asbestos gloves when he plays it because it would actually just burn <laughs> through his hands otherwise. But basically, as he breaks the laser beam with his hand, it sends a, mickey, a signal to one of the keyboards that actually triggers a note. So he, as he breaks these beams with his hands, it plays. It's amazing to see. I, I'm fortunate mm. enough to see him live in the 90s. And um, it was the only gig I've ever been to where everybody rushed to the back of the stadium because mm. it was the best view. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because it was insane. You know, he works on, on like a huge scale. Um, yeah. Most famous for, for most of his concerts um, were throughout the 80s and 90s were outdoor concerts. Um, he holds the world record for the biggest ever crowd. It's about three and a half million people in wow. Moscow um, because he literally turns mm. the city into the stage. So using oh, projections yeah. onto all the buildings, uh, yeah, lasers. Yeah. Spends millions on fireworks per show. It makes Pink Floyd kind of look a bit of a damn squib, I hate to say it, but yeah, it's like full fright. Um, but yeah, it, it, the reason I chose this album is, is a lot of the live tracks on it were from a studio album that came out at, at the same time, which was called Magnetic Fields. And that's my favorite Char album. It's, it's a brilliant, brilliant album. Very atmospheric, very kind of futuristic. You know, it would have been a perfect Tron soundtrack, really. <laughs> Didn't get mm. it. Um, the, the concerts were the first concerts um, performed by a Western musician in, in China um, post Mao Zedong, um, which was who, so they were a big deal at the time. He did mm, five yeah. concerts across, across China. Um, the, the gigs themselves, um, there were about 120,000 people saw them. And these were, these were just like arenas or stadiums, I guess. Um, there were definitely indoor concerts as opposed to outdoor ones. Um, yeah, it, it's just a brilliant, brilliant album, you know. And, and again, you know, thinking of the time, this is 1981, 82. 81 when he did the tour, 82 when the album came out. It's got samples on it. Yeah, wow. He was using samples yeah. in 1981. Not, yeah. 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 Not many people. Not many Not people. Many people. Um, I'm surprised he could do it. He actually got permission to do that in China during that time given yeah well again because he's, he was like completely instrumental at that time and, and didn't yeah, kind of, no offensive nothing no to offensive. kind of yeah, censor yeah. really you know true um true, true. and and in fairness to him as well he did actually compose special music for the for the for the shows um right. using a chinese orchestra as well so there, there was kind of like not appropriation but it, it did it did kind of try to use chinese traditional mm -hmm. musicians as well within it I think he does that a few times, right? I saw him do, there's a YouTube thing of him in Egypt in, for the millennium, and he's yeah. projecting onto the pyramids, and it's just out, out of this world. Yeah. And even if you're not a Jean-Michel Jarre fan, you need to watch him live, anything live. Um, and he does the same thing in, in Egypt, Martin. He brings in all these Egyptian uh, amazing drummers and uh, playing these, you know, exotic instruments. Oh, he's, what a cool guy, you know? Yeah. yeah. He's very collaborative in that respect um, and, and mm. you know, does his research as well. So, you know, he, he always works with people who are well-respected and for a lot like Peter Gabriel, I guess, you know, in terms of that yes. kind of you know, musicology thing mm. and actually bringing in, you know, traditional artists. Um, but, you know, in terms of like his, his body of work, you know, he's, he's, you know, you wouldn't have the likes of like Daft Punk or, you know, um, a lot of the 80s synthwave things. Now, Gary Newman, you know, cites him as a big influence, you know, um, mm -hmm. 
Pet Shop Boys, you know, all, all these kind of synthwave yeah. bands that came, came out at the time. He was the yeah. dude. He was the guy that they were all looking at, you know. Yeah. Probably even more so than, you know, even, you know, Vangelis and, and, like, and Tangerine Dream and those kind of bands from around the time as well. Charles was, you know, they call him the godfather of techno. There's a reason for that. Mm. Yeah. yeah Michael, the Fran- French, oh. Carry on, Glenn. French pop um, is quite always, it always throws up these amazingly interesting acts, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Daft Punk, um, they're, from, they're from France as well, aren't they? Yeah. Yep. And the Italian scene. Yeah. 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 And um, another one that I really love is a band called Ear. Um, they're just phenomenal. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally I heard some of the um the album that you're talking about. It's, it sounds vast. Yeah. My you know, memory of Jean-Michel Jarre is, is actually uh the David Attenborough program, Our World. Do you remember that? Yeah. And they use what what did oh, they use for that? Was it oxygen? oxygen? Yeah. yeah. And that is just that is an amazing that's a, for me, that's a headphone album, right? Oh, put totally. Headphones on. Most of those dark. early ones are, even mm. some of those later ones are as well. But if you put, in fact, I think it was like last year or the year before it released, it released an album for the first time in binaural. So it was like oh. surrounded in, in earphones, you know. Yes. So say, like the dude's always like two steps ahead of everybody yes. else in terms of the tech side of it. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Go and listen to that album immediately with some headphones and, on. You know, for me personally as well, that album. That's the reason why I don't consider myself necessarily a piano player. I consider myself a keyboard player and a synth player. Mm. You know, that, that's my thing. And, and he's the reason why. Totally. Right. 100%. It's because yeah, nice. of his music that I, I, I gravitated towards electronica. That's awesome, eh? Yeah. What's the album called, Martin? So that's the Constance in China. The, the studio album is called Magnetic Fields. And well worth a check. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, mate. David. We're going on to you now, Mr. Chan. Hit oh, it. mate, that's, that's a hard act to follow. Um, yeah. <laughs> thanks, Martin. Martin, you devil. <laughs> okay, so, so uh, again, um, keeping it local, uh, this time a little bit closer to home. So I chose Time and Tide by Split Ends. Mm. Uh, yes. Good Kiwi band. Um, and this is their seventh album, um, studio album. That um, So it's getting towards the end of their... Tenya is a band, um, at least uh, up until this stage, this incarnation of Split Ends, and um, it did really well. I mean, it was an interesting one because um, I didn't realise this at the time, Like, but the whole album is just littered with sort of the struggles, uh, trials and tribulations that Tim was going, Tim Finn that is, was going through at the time. Um, so, and so we all know the hits, you know, Six Months in a Leaky Boat, it's one of the biggest pop songs ever to come out of this side of the world really um uh, take a walk um, another another great song off the album and um uh, the other one is uh dirty creature which yeah. which is um another popular song but you know dirty creature and six months in a leaky boat both of those songs are all about tim about his you know he wasn't in a very good headspace at the time um suffering from anxiety and and uh, going through a nervous breakdown um and so he, he penned some of the band's most iconic, you know, hits um, ever. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it's interesting because the, the, the album itself, um, when was it released? It was released in April um, and instantly topped the New Zealand and Australian charts. Mm. Um, uh, you know, so it was, a, it was one of those albums 
Kiwi albums. It was it was a hit in its time. Um, and of course, that already had quite a track record by then and were quite well known, both here and, and over in the UK as well. Um, uh, there's a great song there, Take a Walk, I mentioned before that. Um, Neil, his uh, younger brother Neil sings. cover um, by Eddie Vedder on the Seven Worlds Collide um, album, which came out, I think, around oh, 2000, yes. sometime around the early 2000s. Yeah, I remember that one. Just yeah, yeah. Pop. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, he, um, and he did a good job of it. I mean, look. Yeah. Um, don't, don't forget um, Eddie, was it Eddie Rainer's? Um, was it Eddie Rainer? Yeah. Um, that, and yeah, Pioneer. It's the intro kind of piece that comes before Six Months in a Leaky, but I'd freaking love that synth. Yeah, uh, yes, it's just a, yeah, yeah, it's just so freaking cool. That was that, one of my favourite bits of that, that link between the sure two. That particular one, but one of his synths kept, was up on Trade Me last year. I remember, like, someone was never trying to flog it off. So it was, yeah. it's definitely still got a lot of, Memories from our people over here, I think, but yeah, definitely. It's got that strong nautical theme, right? So Pioneer is, I don't know, something like track five or something like that, and it leads into um, Six Months on a Leaky Boat. So it's about a minute and a half, I think, that Pioneer. I know um, a lot of Kiwi a lot of Kiwi artists. I, mean, I spent 20 years in the UK and uh, came back recently and listening to some of the stuff that you guys probably listened to way before me, but... When I'm kind of checking it out, you know, don't you think that nautical sort of thing features in a lot of our music? You know, like uh, Dave Dobbins, yes. Whaling, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. There's An- a lot An- of... Anchor Me by the Muttonbirds. Anchor I mean, Me, yeah. yeah. Right. The reason why we, we sit in one of these little islands no. in the middle of the Southern Ocean. In the Pacific, the Pacific Ocean. Southern Ocean as well. We're miles away from anywhere. We're I think not. the great music, you can tell, it sounds like where it comes from, right? Yeah. And this is one of those, definitely one of those albums. Um, and, uh, yeah, look, I totally recommend it, um, Time and Tide. There, there are a couple of um, loose tracks on there that you kind of scratch your head a bit about. Um, there's one really lovely track that, is very autobiographical, um, written by Tim, called Hall Away. In fact, I think it's straight after Six Months on the Leaky Boat. Um, and if you listen to that track, I've, I've read their, a couple of their books, um, the Together Alone book, I think, Crowded House. One. Oh, but yeah. um, Hall Away is, uh, it really hits you, because he talks about, you know, being born in 52, his parent, he names his parents, he talks about his time at boarding school, and it's, I mean, it's called Hall, Hall Away. It's it's quite, um, not disturbing, but it's quite sad in some ways, but the way he sings it, it's uplifting. But yeah, it's really interesting. So check it mm. out. Um, it's probably What's one of the, the album? Uh, Time and Tide. 
Time so, and tide. Time and tide. Split ends. Okay. Um, five out of five. Top album. Ooh. Check it out. A big five out of five. Nice. Martin, what was your what would you what were you rating yours at? Oh, five for me. Yeah. Definitely. Five for you. But, yeah. um, so yeah, overall, um, yeah, I, I yeah. Sorry, five. <laughs> we got, we got, we're going for the fives. Five. Going for the fives. Mr. Thurston, mm-hmm. have you yes. chosen your album? Yes, I have. I've like chosen. With the class, chose, please. Yes, you're most welcome. I've yeah. chosen ABC's um, debut album called Lexicon of Love. Boom. I know. I know. Boom. And the reason why I've chosen this came about I was making a playlist of um, 80s songs. Um, particularly that 80 to 85 thing and stumbled across ABC and I remember the songs from obviously being a kid and stuff but um, yeah uh, what struck me was how brilliant this record was Um, Mm. it is really OTT it is probably one of the best examples of the new romantic um, new wave synth pop element um and we'll probably talk more about that as we um and and another um other years but man it's phenomenal um it's produced by a guy called um tony what's his name um trevor horn and he was part of the buggles um but he was a really quite prolific producer um um, through the 80s so this album is you know and we heard that there's no good albums of that time potentially but I disagree it, it's probably as a matter of taste more than anything else because this is um, it's super over the top and but the songs the hooks in it the look of the album um, the, the videos the are... look of love <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I put I put yeah. the song in the barber cabin I put it on later because yeah. I didn't I, I've forgotten all about it's not mm. the sort of stuff I listen to but it, man it's a cracking album it's it is. so and, bloody good and, yeah. and let's be fair I mean it's not a concept album but it kind of is in a way um, because it, it yeah it's it's all about you know themes of trying to find love and making it and then failing and then just this whole series of trying to find a meaningful relationship and it's basically love found, love lost, um, which is a universal theme. Yeah, universal theme, (laughs) universal theme of um, pop records. Um, They do a uh, interesting, they do an interesting like what, uh, an interesting sort of version on that if it's the same album, I'm sure it was. And it's like a um, it's like a jazzy version of one of their hits. They do a slow jazzy version. Of yeah, they do it at the right. end. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. What song is that? With that, um, funny enough, like last year, um, like my my wife um, runs a, a digitizing company. We we do old analog equipment and and basically digitize it. But we also do vinyl. Um, mm-hmm. conversions and someone gave us the, or, 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 or brought in the the seven inch of look of love and I'm, and i never really i never knew about this before but there's actually four different versions of it is so it one to four yes. <laughs> it's like a jar oh, there you go. <laughs> but yeah and i think it's part for the three or part two which is the hardest one to get is the b-side and it's the instrumental version and it's absolutely brilliant yeah, that Trevor Horn production thing. Oh my god, it, it's just so so good, so slick. It's, 
That's the it's word for that like, album. It's a slick album. And it, it came about, you slick. know, with band, bands wanting to be, they didn't want to be, they wanted to be famous and they wanted the money. And there was that very aspirational 80s thing. And a Duran Duran kind of aha sort of. Yeah, were absolutely. They, how many, how many was in the band? How many was in the band of ABC? Four, 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 or, uh, four or five, yeah. Four and you piece, had to, five piece. Right. Yeah, Martin Fry with those, you know, very Bowie-esque um, singing and it's just oh. melodrama poison, at its best. Poison Arrow. I remember yeah. I, that was one of my favourite songs. Shoot me with the poison. Oh, it's great. Um, for me, I'm... Um, my favourite track on the album. Is that Shoot the Poison Arrow Through My Heart? That's it, yeah. Oh, yes. That's great. That's great. And um, my favourite song on the album, my favourite song is All of My Heart. I just freaking love that song. I don't know that one. You love um, it with all your heart? I, I truly do. And it was Are a you big a new seller. romantic? I think I am a little bit. I never, <laughs> I never thought I'd be into that um, sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, for me, this is when '82 came up. There was so many good choices. Mm. Um, but this album's top, right. Yeah. This, yeah, this was this top the list. I think we've done a good selection of albums because you know most people would probably go for the stuff like Thriller. I mean, there's so many. If you go and Google 1982 albums, there is so many crackers there. Mm-hmm. But I think we've actually done a nice selection, boys. Yeah, I that think psychedelic. A little bit off the. Yeah, you know. It's like that psychedelic Furs album from that year is awesome as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it's an underrated area for people to explore. Um, it's um, worth checking the bargain bins in the vinyl shop for some. Oh no material. no no! Yeah, um, ABC is not cheap. Yeah, it's classic. You might find more Richard Clyderman, Ian. (laughs) David. I've already got all of his albums, bro. No. So thanks, Glenn. uh, Out of 10, uh, sorry, out of five, uh, give us a rating. Um, Well, subjective, obviously. Um, I'd probably give it a four. A four out of five. Yeah, it's right up there, man. I mean, it's it's, it's right, you know, it's it's at the. I think it's probably it's a, one of the best of one of the best of that example of that that time. I yeah, man. I th- I mean, did you guys listen to the album, Martin Dave? Yeah, not that, not that. I, I know I know the, uh, some of the songs on there. Mm. I haven't heard the album. Yeah, I, I, in fact, I, I on um, Spotify I found the deluxe version which had that instrumental. On there. Yes. I was just like, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Repeat, 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 repeat. It's just it is a cracking album. Yeah. yeah, so go and listen to it. If you've not, make sure you put that on your list yeah. and, uh, and it is good. And, and those timeless themes of love found, love lost and, you know, waiting for the one and all of that. that it's all that mythical, you know, what pop music mm-hmm. is in some ways. Yeah, it's wonderful. Well, thanks, Glenn. That's great, man. So uh, I'll, I'll do a little review now. I chose the, the Gino Socio album, Face to Face. And uh, I only got I only got introduced to Gino about five years ago, 
because I used to be a mad rock guitar player that used to shred everything and play fast and hard and sweat and, you know, rip my clothes off and all that stuff. And then one of my mates was actually a bit of a DJ and he said, oh, man, have you ever heard of Gino Socio? And I'm like, um, nah. And Thanks, good ice cream. Pretty much. And uh, I thought, no. Nah. And um, I and it was a it was to do with the writing process of music for me, because being a, a song, I like to write music as well as perform music. So, from a writing point of view, at that time, I was going through uh, a quite a discoy, poppy, funky sort of phase, and I had no real inspiration, but my mate, the DJ, could hear in what I was doing. And he picked up and he said, hey, man, check this album out face to face and just see what you think. And that, that's a real cool thing to do. You know, if you're if you are, mm. especially with younger people, like he's an older mate. And if you're around younger people and you see them playing and you can hear something, just drop a line in there and say, hey, man, have you ever checked out? And, uh, I, you know, that's such a helpful thing to do with people. But, yeah, face to face, it's classed as robotic funk. Uh, it's post-disco. It's um, Italian sort of, uh, I suppose, funk disco. He was born in Quebec. Um, he in you know Canadian session museau um around from 78 to 85 he had four albums uh he had loads of 12 inch singles out and um it, yeah he's it's a sad story the Gino socio story do you know anything about him no. Anyone? No. 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 Yeah, check him out. The robotic funk sounds good. Yeah. No, it's, oh, the album is really good. There's, there's a couple of nice singles on there. It's got a. The thing I like about the album, if I'm try, if I was to try and convince you to go and listen to it or purchase it or get stuck in, is I enjoy the um, the production of it, the engineering side of it the cleanness of it and a little bit like Jean-Michel, not quite as genius, but this guy, uh, when he rocked up to do his first album with his uh, producer, uh, Pat Desirio, he turned up to the studio and said, where's the band? And Pat turned around and said, there is no band, you're it. And I want you to write an album and do everything. And that was his challenge. And he and he did, and there you go. And it came up with face to face. So he. So what? He's a multi instrumentalist or multi instrumentalist. He's a clever bastard. Wow, that is yeah. that is pretty epic. I enjoyed the record. Um, my yeah. favorite track on it was this one called "Remember," which sounds incredibly yes. contemporary right now. Mm. Yeah. I, I thought that was because um, it sounded like wow. Well, that could have come out any day recently, yeah. and it was. Um, the other stuff, the funky stuff, was just um, yeah. a bit of a. Yeah, but he fun, does. Fun. Yeah, he writes. He plays every note. He writes all the notes. Mm. Um, he was regarded, I suppose, as state. I quite like this. I read this that he was regarded as statement music for the time, because um, I think he made a statement. You got to remember that disco 
in 82, uh, the history of disco, basically anything that was coming out, the industry wanted to flood the, the market with disco to get rid of it. So anything with a 4-4 beat was turned into disco. And, and it worked. And eventually the market said, no. People said, no more disco. And this guy was actually a real serious writer. And you can hear it in his music. It's not rubbish. It's not cheesy. It's not, he's, you know, I think he made a statement in what he was doing. Uh, studio wizard, mastered his own tapes, made his own loops, uh, did all his splicing, all his cutting. But, yeah, sadly, he got sort of taken over by the digital the digital world and right. and a change in music, you know, we changed. There's quite a short album as well, isn't it? It's like six tracks, seven tracks. Yes, mate. Yes. All along, it's almost like a 12-inch album, you know, it's like all 12-inch yeah. mixes. They're all like six, seven minutes long, right? Yeah. 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 I listen to yeah. it on YouTube. It's cool. It's, it, that, for me, it had like a real kind of chic Noel Rogers kind oh, of hell yeah. Yeah. going yeah, through time. it as well. Had the disco thing and that Maroda, mm-hmm. Giorgio Maroda kind of, vibes but yeah the, the funk thing really comes through on it it's really cool yeah you, can, totally get, you can get the influence yeah you can see the influences of the, the modern day kind of those guys where they pick and mix those kind of sounds and, and grooves and feels from right mm. um but yeah i, I just think a, a bit of it it was his story's a bit a bit romantic and uh, it's also kind of tragic um and you know it was a it was a bit of a disco wizard Huh? Is he so still around? You, Is he still making music? He, he no, he he quit. He he became a recluse. Went um, down that avenue and um, never gave any interviews. Uh, I think he actually works in a petrol station. So yeah, he he just does nothing. He's not musically. Right. Yeah, because he he was targeted uh, during his last album, and uh, I think he was gay, and I think uh, that whole disco scene and the gay thing that was going on at that time he was targeted and i think he was beat up quite badly and uh oh, gosh. yeah he just he just threw it all in man that was the end of geno Social. Oh, that, that's so a tragedy so, so yeah much, but so listen much. to the album and you'll hear the genius and um i just yeah like you guys i wanted to choose something a little bit a little bit different you know mm. we're gonna have to link some clip you'll have to choose a clip to link on our facebook site for um for that ian because so we'll go up on the playlist, yeah. right? Yeah. We'll put a couple up on the playlist. Yeah. Well. Well, um, I would really like to put Remember up because I thought that was yeah. um, just so contemporary. It surprised me um, how how fun it was. Um, yeah. Good album. Well, listen, guys, I, I think um, that kind of well, – that, that that's a bit of a wrap, really. So we've, we've done the four movies. We've done the, the four albums. And 82. Uh, yeah. And 82. So are we back to – Thank you for choosing what you did, and, th- and thanks to our listeners for having a listen to us old dudes, Yanni. Um, are we I'm back doing to? Well made it this far. <laughs> are we back to Martin now? With the... Yes, I agree. We are back to Martin. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going to he's going to spin the wheel, and what is he going to choose? Well, I, I was thinking about it the other day. We haven't actually had a seventies album yet. A seventies uh, year. But I'm going to choose 1991. 91. That's a watershed year, man. Grunge, mm. mate. The, gr- the year of grunge. Was it the, the, the year of grunge? The year of Nirvana. 
Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Um, yeah. I, it just, yeah. just as a quick, you know, we talked about Thriller, yeah. Um, but the other big one for me for 82 uh, is Toto 4, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which cool, like, man. scooped all the Grammys because we just had the Grammys today as well. Um, True. And it wiped the board, right? It's like best single, best album, best video. They just did the lot, yeah. right? Um, and considering it's up against Thriller, Thriller would have probably got the nod the following year, wouldn't it? Um, thriller got, yeah, uh, maybe, thriller maybe, maybe, maybe. But then, like, half the title is on Thriller. <laughs> so, you know, the yeah. works, so it's like, well, the same music. Yeah, yeah talk yeah. about hedging your bets. <laughs> um, I, saw them, I saw them live two years ago here in New Plymouth. Toto you were in New Plymouth. Hey, Martin and I saw them at um, uh, Hawks Bay a few days after you saw yours, Ian. Yeah, what did you think? Um, it was all right. Ian, my my um my son fell asleep in front of the speaker, so they weren't rocking it as hard as they <laughs> could have. Wait, well, yeah, he was so quite little. He was quite he was little. Six. Oh no, I got him up for Rosanna. <laughs> yeah, let's give him a kick. When Rosanna's on, give him a kick. I loved it. Come on, I loved Ethan, it. wake up, man. Jesus. Um, oh, oh, yeah, get up, wake up. They were good, and, and music, musically, they're still as, as good as ever. The disappointing thing for me was like that David Page wasn't there, and yeah, you know, and, and now they're still carrying on, but it's it's literally like it's the, you know, it's Steve Lukather, Lukather show, Joseph, Joseph Williams, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a I'm a Lukather fan because he's he is blooming good on the guitar. Mm. He's really good. He's a tasty guitarist, mm. but um, you know who's the guy on keyboards? Um, Oh, Steve Picaro and um, David Page. Yeah, but the uh, guy that took over the was H. Xavier Taplin, who had just he learnt the set yeah. like four days before the. the yeah, it's like no, I think it's Picaro. Picaro, I'm thinking of, and they and they banged out a few hits that he'd written, mm. and one of them was um, yeah, Michael was Jackson. the Michael Jackson song. Uh, what was it? That he, wasn't oh, human, it was um, uh, nature, human, human nature. Human nature. Yeah. yeah. If they say why, what a song, man! Which they initially binned. He recorded yeah. Did it. They? Yeah, recorded it as a demo, thinking, oh, you know, nice pop song. Uh, put it yeah. down, and they went to record over it, <laughs> and, uh. and did. They actually recorded over the tape, but somehow the song stayed at the end of the tape because for some reason they recorded it at the end of the side rather than at the beginning of the tape. Otherwise, it would have been gone. Amazing. And like Quincy Jones <laughs> somehow heard it and was like. Yeah, well, oh yeah. Uh, favorite favorite Toto song, boys. Oh, Rosanna. Rosanna, yeah. Such a difficult song to play as well. If you're playing it live, I tried it in a cover band. It's it's literally you need uh, like full <laughs> three cents to pull it off. It, it's insane in terms of the amount of layers and stuff that's going on in it. But it's it's really cool. Drumbeat, Jeff Picaro, shuffle um, is mm. just sublime. Mine would mine would be Gypsy Train, early first album. I think. Oh yeah. Gypsy All aboard train. the Gypsy Train. It's a rock song. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. got an amazing, tasty, tasty, tasty guitar. Licks. First, and do you ever listen to Toto? Probably not. No, nah. no. <laughs> I mean, I was a big fan of the Africa song when I was six. There you go. Yeah, that was yeah. a good song. It was favorite, on the tape. Favorite it's... Michael Jackson song or Thriller? 
Boss Run 82. Uh, beat it for me, I think. I think I, I loved that when I was a kid, and I still do, and I still get a thrill out of hearing the guitar solo in the middle. Yeah, yeah it's Dan great. Hayden. Love it. Yeah, yeah, love it. Gotta love it. Dave. Billy Jean, mate, every day. That, oh, that drum yeah. intro, which is Jeff, Beca- Jeff Beccaro on drums, um, very similar to the, uh, you know, a lot of the 80s, early 80s stuff had that sort of drum solo at the start leading into either keys or a guitar, and that drum intro to um, Billy Jean is just iconic. Yeah. I mean, I've got the Thriller albums up here. We've got more than five minutes left, haven't we? Listen to this. I mean, this is for an album, right? Want to be starting something. Baby Be Mine. The Girl Is Mine, obviously, with, uh, who was that? Uh, McCartney, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Thriller, Beat It, Billie Jean, Human Nature, Pretty Young Thing, The Lady In My Life, which is shit. But, I mean, other than that last song, what an album. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, it's okay. It's done well, hasn't it? Mm. All right. <laughs> oh, and, 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 and so much of that goes to the talent of the people playing on it and yeah, also yeah. Quincy yes. Jones. Quincy is at the peak of his powers. He's the man. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you can say what you say about Michael, but those players on those albums mm. are wicked. Those arrangements, all of that is mm. stunning. And Billy Jean, you're right, David, is, you know, that uh. bass. I mean, you know that, that performance of him at was it the Grammys or whatever, where the, the moonwalk, mm. the first moonwalk thing, and everybody just loses their minds. It's insane yeah. to watch. So good to watch. I watched a uh, I watched a live video clip of, of him. I'm a Michael Jackson fan. I think he's amazing, and uh, the the talent is incredible. But when you see him doing it live in America, and actually. Uh, doing it live in America and you're standing and they're taking a, a video shot from behind him. So you're seeing what he's seeing, obviously 800 zillion squillion people. And I think, God, you know, how does a guy, how does a guy, I won't say touch, how does a guy manage to, um, you know, just get his thing to all those people? And it's not like it's not like he's shredding away on a guitar or he's got an instrument or you know it's not like he's any of that. He's, but you know when he dances and stuff, it's just like amazing. I remember yeah. you. I remember you in Form Two AM. You mean mm-hmm. Glenn Chadwick doing a production for, and you did, I think Bad. I think it was the album had just come out, and you Who's did. Bad? You you were bad. I'm bad. <laughs> I remember that. Is there a video of that? <laughs> oh, Glenn's probably got it. We'll have to ask him. <laughs> don't you leak, don't you leak that on YouTube. All right. I've been known to do, I've been known to do a moonwalk or two. Yeah. 